Okay, so this is going to be the first episode of Screen Refresh. Uh, do we want to redo that intro? I don't do <laughs> Nope. Nope. No, we're just going with it. We'll do it live. Right there. Right there. It'll kick into the, to the uh, music. In a world where nostalgia rages across the land, where everyone and their mother has a podcast, where there's still a movie trailer guy who says, in a world... Three friends revisit films, shows, and games that molded them as they search for answers to life, the universe, and everything in between. Settle in and join us for Screen Refresh. So, uh, welcome to Screen Refresh, our first episode, which may end up being episode one or may end up being some bonus thing lost in time. Essentially, uh, we were looking to do Surf Ninjas for our first episode, and we decided it's probably a bit easier if we just kind of do some introductions around here, see what the podcast is going to be about, see what we're about, and just kind of why we got into this whole crazy thing. Uh, so we should probably tell you what this podcast is exactly. Uh, screen Refresh, we're just kind of going to be looking back at any of the movies, the games, the shows, all of the things that we kind of... Uh, grew up with over the years up until now, things that we've seen recently, things we've experienced recently, uh, just so we can kind of discuss it and get the word out and hope that maybe somebody else out there is either enjoying the same thing or maybe it'll just convince them to give it a shot. Uh, so I myself, uh, I'm Tim Fenoya, and to my left is our co-host, Nick Rivera. Hello there. And to our far left... Um, Geographically, not politically, is our other co-host, Dean Fisher. Hi. It's also politically. <laughs> Probably real excited about Tuesday yesterday. Um, so the reason being is Nick and myself, we're over in the Boston area, over in Massachusetts. Uh, and Dean has abandoned us to move all the way out to California. Uh, you're now in Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita, formerly Burbank. Beautiful downtown Burbank. You were formerly Burbank or Santa Clarita is formerly Burbank? Uh, there's some identity issues here in Santa Clarita, but <laughs> being Burbank was not one of them. Wasn't there a diet for that? Yes, there was. It was popular for a bit. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's supposed to be good. It was enjoyable. I mean, I saw the season one and really liked it. And then we got into season two and then just too much stuff came out. I never kept track of it and then it got the old netflix axe um i think after season three because netflix only wants shows that gets more people to sign up and not to keep people after they're there well i know that timothy oliphant is a delight whenever i see him in from scream 2 to uh his brief cameo and once upon a time in hollywood uh his time on justified and a cameo on the good place recently for all you good place fans Another one that I fell off after season one. Oh, you should finish it. It's great. I mean, if you like the Michael Schur movies, uh, TV shows, rather. I don't know if you do The Office, Parks and Rec. Oh, all terrible. He's he's a hit maker, that Michael Schur. Are you sure? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I can this... play that, womp, 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 womp. I have to cue that sound. I'll be the sound effects guy for this if no one else wants to do that. So movies, games, shows. So kind of how do you guys get all into so all this? this? I know this you got is into not it a Michael Shore podcast. No. Okay. 
Understood. At Which, this point, I don't know who Michael Schur is. And at this point, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> you know, at first, when you said Michael Schur, I thought you had meant Michael Showalter. And I was going to be like, he definitely was not involved with that. <laughs> Another great comedic talent. So are we talking Michael Gordon Shore? He's known I, for... He's not a three-namer. Does he oh, need three not. names? There's like a... Are he's there actually more than Michael, Michael Shores? Herbert. Sure. Oh. Because there is a Michael Shore who uh, is an actor on Suits, Designated Survivor, White Chicks, and Arthur. Arthur, is that the... Um, with the British guy? Or is that the one with like the kid? <laughs> it's the... It's the aardvark. Yeah. This is Herbert Schur. Uh, Nick is correct. Yes. Okay. So first point of the podcast goes to Nick. <laughs> first of many. <laughs> so as far as kind of getting into all this whole thing. Um, so how did you guys initially kind of get into movies and games and whatnot? Like kind of what was the first stuff you saw or experienced? Whether it be kind of at home in a theater it for me it was a babysitter so pretty much i just grew up watching movies constantly and i enjoyed it i love my mama it has nothing against her but just hey when you're an only kid like hey go play games do your thing go do your do your thing so i'm like all right i did so i watched a lot of movies some of them were really inappropriate what looking back like i would not show my kids who framed roger rabbit that is not meant for kids yeah, that's a deceptive one because it, yeah. it's so fun and it's colorful. And then you watch it and like the whole the dip and whatnot is kind of rough to introduce kids to. And Jessica Rabbit. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> also that. I mean, not that we should be so uptight in America, but. Well, I grew up watching. What's it called? Um, Brave Little Toaster. And I tried rewatching it a couple of years ago. I couldn't get past the, the, the AC in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, is that the... I, I don't even remember the last time I've seen Brave Little I've Toaster. I've never is, seen is Brave Little the, Toaster. The AC unit like dies or something? Yeah, and he freaks out and he screams at the camera and the, like, the, like the guys are like even freaking out about it. <laughs> no thanks. Hey kids, welcome to Mortality. Yeah. Definitely don't make them like they used to. No, not at no. all. Yeah, I did movies a lot, video games, mainly single player stuff. And, you know, just. Do you remember what the uh, the first movie was that you saw with your babysitter? No, or was that, it Brave Little Toaster? Th no, that was the babysitter, the movies. There wasn't another person with me. It was like, hey, watch this. And, and you know, mom does her thing. Oh, uh, uh, so the babysitter would come over and then you would just watch movies there. So oh my God. do you remember what the first movie you saw then during that time? The first movie I ever recall watching. Fern Gully. Okay. That's the a Avatar prequel. <laughs> Fern Gully. That's, that's another uh, Tim Curry. who wouldn't know that was him kind of movie, right? He plays the, doesn't he play the smoke? Like the villain? It is. Actually, like no, the pollution it was, smoke? um, the Great Mouse Detective. I remember seeing like snippets of that in from in the actual theater. When did that come out? Great Mouse Detective. Great Mouse Detective. I used to love that one. We had on um, like the the VHS, but when it was like the thick plastic box VHS okay. that when you you catch on the edge and it cuts you. 
that definitely was not me because that was that came out like six months before I was born. <laughs> I mean, it could have been the first one you saw. You didn't have to be around for it. Yeah, I was really young. Yeah, because I remember Fern Gully was the other one that we got introduced to pretty early um, because my parents were big Robin Williams fans and he was the the Bat Batley or I'm assuming it's Batley. It's probably Batley. Um, were either of those ones ones you remembered being growing up? You said you never saw Brave Little Toaster. Did you ever see um, Fern Gully or uh, Great Mouse Detective? Great Mouse Detective. That's... I don't think so. Fern Gully for sure. I remember Robin Williams as yeah, the bat with like the antenna, some kind of electric electrical problem going on with his ears. (laughs) (laughs) Echolocation. I don't know what the hell that was supposed to be. I think he was a science experiment. I remember the (laughs) villain, like the smoke smoke monster, like lost. He was very sexual sounding from what I remember. The way he sang and like He's well, like this is the same the, guy. The pollution out of the machines. <laughs> he was yeah. the same guy from like you know Rocky Horror. So. Yeah, Frankenfurter, the transsexual transvestite, one and only alien. So, Dean, what was the the first movie you remember seeing? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the first movie I ever saw was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie in 1990. Um, it's just one of those you have those vague like there's like one image of that memory you remember uh and mine is i had a ninja turtles costume i wore it to the theater my aunt says all the other kids were pointing and like jealous and like he wore his costume and i was really cool i guess i just remember going to sit in the seat and then like it the the shell just did not cooperate. I had to take it <laughs> off. Like it just engulfed me when I sat down. But I had what I don't remember before that was getting into the Ninja Turtles. But it's it's a series I have loved since then. Not every iteration, but um, it probably got me into love my love affair with movies as a whole. So that one. So. That was the first one you remember seeing and it was in theaters or that was the first one you remember seeing in theaters? No, it was in theaters. Yeah, because my aunt would tell me the story about all of the kids uh, being jealous of my sweet costume. (laughs) We're old, Tim. Leave us alone. I mean, I was three at the time. I was probably just three at the time. So it's one of those things. It's like, do I remember that? I think I do. But I it's it's vague, but it's there. Do you remember what the um, first movie you saw not in theaters? Just like your first movie overall? No, you know I don't. I don't think I could. Lost to the ether of time. Yeah, pretty much. You know, one thing that always bothered me to this day, I remember the huge hype of the Super Mario Brothers movie growing up. <laughs> For real, like you don't understand on how big of a deal it was. Like when I found out, I was seven. You know how excited I was? And that was one of the first big video game movies. And I remember seeing it in theaters. And I remember specifically there was a deleted scene they took out. And it's been driving me crazy as an adult that that one scene has never been in any other reproduction of that movie. And I only remember it because of seeing it in the theaters that one time. Yeah, I think it's weird. All the stuff that kind of is so early that it just kind of... You don't remember what stuff actually occurred or what stuff might have you think you're going crazy because it probably got removed at some point. Um, 
because I remember the the very first thing I remember seeing, I had to have been like, I don't know, three, maybe, maybe um, around that age. Um, my parents at some point must have gone to like a drive in and my brother and I were supposed to be sleeping in the back so they can see um, it was T2 at the time. But I just remember oh. being like really little and only remembering the scene of the chase through the waterway in the beginning uh, when Robert Patrick is in the, the truck coming after them on the motorcycle. Um, One of the all time great chases. And for years, like I didn't know what that was. I thought like I imagined it. And then my parents are like, oh, yeah, probably at some point we might have seen that. Yeah, that movie's that movie's legendary. I saw that probably sometime around the age of 10, I'd imagine. I was a teenager. I remember watching it with my uncle. He was telling me too, like, oh yeah, Sarah and um, the kid were like going around collecting all the magazines and that's why they had like that uh, bag of ammo. They would just call out to John whenever they needed more ammo. Yeah, I think that, on like if it were, it's definitely one of like the the greats overall for action movies between probably that and Die Hard and then just grab uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, it would just be a toss up if anybody ever asked, make a list of action that should be watched. It's definitely going to be those three. Um, and then, of course, other ones that I would find as favorites, but not necessarily the best ones. But definitely those three, I think, are not very arguable. Everything's arguable, Tim. <laughs> that was I don't the think original, so. It was the original <laughs> name for this podcast. <laughs> So, I didn't come around to die. You know, I don't think I saw Die Hard fully. Oh, until <laughs> so you, had, you had a couple beats there and I was waiting. I don't think I've seen <laughs> Die Hard. I've seen Die Hard. Like it was it was one of those. It's the one with I Timothy I, I catch it on TBS. Like, oh, there's a scene. There's a scene. I never sat down and watched it until I was in my 20s. I'd imagine. Same with Raiders. Yeah. Like I just. Yeah. So some of these movies just slipped by me. My dad was very much into comedy and like old movies and uh, uh, that kind of stuff. I would, you know, pre-internet back then, it's like, you have to rent it or people weren't showing me a lot of the stuff. That's why I never really got into Star Wars. Nobody in my family cared about Star Wars and tried to show it to me. Some of my friends at school were into it, but it was like, you know, he was the nerdy kid and I was more of a dork. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I never saw Star Wars until I was an adult, an adult either. Kind of jealous. <laughs> Jurassic Park was my Star Wars. I came out on my seventh birthday. That's probably the movie that's had the single largest impact on me probably wanting to make movies without realizing it until much later. But and that's why we're friends. <laughs> yeah, that I'll never not love that movie. It's... It's perfect in my eyes. It's imperfections. It's it's perfect. Imperfections? Imperfections in the skin. <laughs> I feel like um like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, those aren't bad ones in terms of seeing it on TV for the first time. But then when you get to stuff like T2, Die Hard, or some of those, I feel it's very confusing to see that as your first experience on cable television and then see the actual movie. That's and why I haven't seen Braveheart. That's the exact reason. 
because with commercials, it's like four and a half hours on USA or something. And they do cut it down. Some movies are better when they're cut down like that. Like I heard Scarface is a riot because they don't censor the language. They dub it. But for Braveheart, they would just flat out, you know, censor it or just cut the scene. And I wouldn't want to watch it that way. You should get around to seeing it. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's on the list. Yeah, at some point it has to the the list of all the stuff that eventually needs to get watched um, that I'm I'm trying to throw together one for myself. Just at least hold myself to watching one of them a week or something like that. Um, just so it doesn't keep piling up over the time as it is like my parents raised me on like early, early stuff. So it's like the thirties, forties and onwards. Um, so I'm not just missing stuff that I need to catch up on from like the seventies and eighties. Like I didn't see taxi driver until like last year, but I have stuff I have to catch up on from like the forties, fifties, sixties. You have most people beat when it comes to their movie history which is completely owed to my parents. Like it's, it's not something I would have just probably sat down and just turned on Turner classic movies or um, AMC or something as a kid. Um, But because they had that love of movies from that, they would introduce it to me. And granted, not all of them are as terrific as they remember. Cause I mean the, a lot of them, the sound mixing, things like that back then it's a nightmare, but a majority of the ones I've seen, like they've been terrific Um, arsenic and old lace. Uh, has always been one of my favorites with Gary Grant. Um, big fan of a lot of like James Stewart work, um, a lot of the Spencer Tracy ones with Catherine Hepburn, so on and so forth. But it's just ends up introducing a lot more that I have to pull from to make a list and sit down and watch it, um, especially with limited time. My father probably covered all of the Three Stooges saga with me. <laughs> That's what he showed me. That's what we watched together. Him and my mother every night, like there's a TV in the kitchen. They'll sit and it's like Turner Classic Movies like every single night. Back when the, the History Channel used to show history, um, he would he would turn that on too. He's a big history buff. But Back when History Channel had history and TLC yes. had learning things and Discovery <laughs> yeah. had science. You know, there's 600 pound people. There's pawn shops. I complete the trifecta with the sci-fi channel with all the alien abduction stories and documentaries. <laughs> That's what I grew up on with my uncle. I remember early in sci-fi when it first came out and they would didn't have a right or didn't have rights to a ton of stuff. So it was just a lot of easy to grab B horror movies and things like that, that they were throwing on like soul taker. Um, but then every Saturday they used to have like, this is going back. I think, I don't know when I was, had to have been like maybe nine. Um, they would do like anime in the morning on Saturdays for some reason. And that's the first time I saw Vampire Hunter D. And then they did Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which was, I would say, probably the better one of the two movies. Which that one I think you've seen, right, Nick? Yeah, but high school. I hadn't seen it since. Oh, yeah. Like it's I own it somewhere and I love it, but I also haven't gone back to it in a while. I don't know. You haven't seen that, right, Dean? No, I don't think I've seen any anime besides Speed Racer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you count that as anime? I don't know. It was was Japanese. You know, I actually don't want to go back to it. Because you remember it and like it and you don't want to end up ruining that? Yeah, pretty much. 
there are some pieces of like history of when it comes to movies that like I kind of don't want to watch again because some of them revisiting as an adult, a lot of them didn't make that cut. Like I rewatched Gargoyles recently from Disney Plus and like it's awesome. Love it. I tried rewatching the Turtles show. I can't do it. It is so terrible. Oh, yeah. The original Turtles cartoon is unwatchable as an adult. It, like as a memory, it was fantastic. I loved the show, but as an adult, I just can't get past that even first episode. I mean, as I mean, the toys were created. The the sorry, the cartoon was created to sell the toys, and I think that's the most joy I remember is when you're pretending by yourself and playing with the toys. Hell yeah! The cartoon was yeah, not so much. Oh yeah, like I going back now. I think recently um, when they made it available, I went back and rewatched the '90s X Men show. And surprisingly, like for me, it holds up. It's still as good as I remember as a kid. And then I figured like, oh, I'll check out like the Spider-Man 90s show or some of the other ones. And like that definitely does not hold up. It's all weird stuff you don't notice as a kid. Like they're not allowed to have Spider-Man actually punch anybody. So it's all a lot of very careful acrobatics. <laughs> well, that's a fact that they came out and said that. And then you realize that. Yeah, they I was reading an article, maybe like a year ago, two years ago that had talked about it, but it was like all weird things you didn't realize when you were watching shows as kids. But yeah, like that. And then I went back and rewatched um, like the other cartoons from when I was a kid when they did um, Justice League or like Batman, the animated series or the Superman adventures and all of those still hold up. So it's one of those things of if it was good in general and not just like good for a Saturday morning cartoon or like just good for its time. And then it still holds up. Like as it is Friday um, in Boston, I'll be going to or the Boston area. I'll be going to uh, the Coolidge Corner for their midnight showing. They're doing Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Do you know that Batman was created to be like an anti-Disney? No. And that's why Gargoyles came out. Because with how popular they just wanted something that wasn't like... Um, anthropomorphic bears talking or something and are just sick of that so like let's make a drama meant for kids that adults can like and batman was already like the uh, the focal point of that so they just went with it and they made sure that they didn't treat it like it's just another like cash attempt and they actually you can tell they put effort into it there's a lot of lead up building up to that first episode behind the scenes that once they finally did it was a huge hit and that caused Disney to panic because then they had to scramble to find something in order to combat that because that's all they had. Who would have known Gargoyles was such a power move? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, plus they had great toys, too. Uh, I mean, I liked them. Were you, I had like a several. I had just eras of toys first obviously being ninja turtles that's all i played with those were my action figures didn't do gi joe didn't do star wars obviously pretty much the turtles right and then jurassic park came out when i was seven and then things shifted to jurassic park and that was pretty much those were my action figures pretty much it was just turtles and jurassic park let me ask you a question were you were you a power ranger kid I wasn't. No, I mean, I liked the show. I think when the first season of Power Rangers, hit, it was definitely I was still in the demographic. I think by 
the second or third season, it was kind of becoming like, yeah, kind of growing out of that. Because with Turtles, it's a very easy transition to go from Turtles to the Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, it makes that makes sense. Um, I had friends that had uh, the Power Rangers toys and occasionally in my elementary school, like you could you could bring in your own toys for when that was designated. And he was a dick about his Power Rangers toys. He would not let us play with them. And it was he was pretty mean about it. Kind of that justified. was my only experience with it. <laughs> yeah. You know how hard it is to find those? I remember like my mom had to go above and beyond to get me the Dragon Dagger. We had to go to like New York City because everywhere locally was completely sold out. I remember at the the mall um, back in Connecticut growing up, they had like, um, what was it? Was it KB Toys at the mall, the post mall? But they had the Dragon Dagger when Power Rangers was popular and it was in one of like their... They used to have like these glass cases built into the wall in the back that would just have like some display stuff. And they had the dragon dagger back there. And I never ended up getting one. Like I was more an, uh, an action figure kid. I didn't get into more of the the um, like weapony accessory things and whatnot until they had uh, was it Power Rangers Turbo? Because they had all the different weapons that you can put the gems in and then you could take the gems out and put it into this gun and then they would all like light up or something like that. Yeah, at that point, that's when I fell off after the movie. That was when um, Power Rangers started to fade for me. Oh, I remember like sitting down excited for the the pilot episode of Power Rangers. And then when it's off season, you're like jonesing for more Power Rangers. And then you find yourself watching like VR Troopers or Beetleborgs or uh, Superhuman Samurai <laughs> Cyber Squad. I was going to say Beetleborgs, much superior to the Power Rangers. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Take your Frankenstein. Is that the, yeah, that's the place with the house with the monsters, right? Like yeah. The, yeah. Like the universal, but universal monsters with the different yeah, twists like to them. Monsters and a haunted house and comic books and superheroes. <laughs> ghost, and it, it was, was like, like a Jay Leno ghost. So was that yeah. Jay Leno? Yeah. I mean, it's something like they sat down and created it in a lab based on <laughs> feedback they got from my Nielsen box or something. It's like it's so early 90s. Like, what do kids like? They like bugs. Well, what else is popular? Power <laughs> Rangers. Let's let's just combine them. So we get Zorgs, Zords? No, that we can't. We can't do that. Oh, bully. Hey, bull, bull. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> now I want to. No, actually, that goes right back to our discussion on things you shouldn't go back and rewatch. I don't think I can ever rewatch an episode of Beetleborgs. Have you tried? Oh no, I'm probably going to though. I like Power Rangers going back to it because it has that level of camp that it it's passable where it just kind of goes with it. Turtles just it felt too forced. I'd go back to Power Rangers just for Bulk and Skull and their antics. That's that's what I'm there for. Uh, our generation's Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Equally matched, if not better. <laughs> pound for pound, Bulk and Skull match up against Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the turtles sorry um i went back a couple years ago and watched the first episode or two of the live action show they tried to bring back and boy oh boy that was that that was terrible yeah they introduced the female turtle eventually so i'm surprised it got on television you should go back and check that out just watched a a couple minutes of it and it's it's like i remember enjoying it (laughs) 
My bar. I mean, we I was a Beetleborgs kid. My bar was low. <laughs> I watched it right before Mystic Warriors of Tiranog. What the hell is that? You know, it was, I don't know, something vaguely Celtic themed and Arthurian comedy. I don't know. It was like they go into this dimension and they all get these weapons from like the round table, um, even though they're somehow in Ireland and then they all turn into something. Right. I need to find it now. Did anybody watch? I know we're getting off crazy tangents, but WMAC Masters, it was like a staged fighting show. Wait, Not that like sounds wrestling. very familiar. It's like they it's like oh. they were character it was like wrestling, except it was pretty much scripted. I know I mean scripted like top to bottom, like choreographed fights and Oh my god, I never remembered characters. the name of the show. I was into Mortal Kombat at the time and I really spoke to <laughs> I was like into the show. <laughs> I remember like when we were young, um my parents would be at work, so when we got home, like we stayed with our um neighbor when we were real young uh that used to watch us for a bit but they would have um i don't even know what channel it was on but then like this would just randomly come on at some point and i never remembered the title until you just said it and i'm looking it up now and this is exactly as i remember (laughs) it's like starring the cast of the people that did the motion work for mortal kombat 2 the game Oh, yeah, exactly. And then one of the main characters was like in the first Mortal Kombat as one of the uh, fodder for uh, the uh, the main characters to kill. Yeah. And I, re- I used to love how I they would real do the, the show, like the stat breakout that would pop up on the screen for each person. Um, and it would have like their name and then their whatever their stage name is. I'm looking at how the signature move of the great wolf windmill. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of windmills. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of unnecessary flipping. Oh, it was amazing. How do you think that holds up? I mean, it's probably it's got to be better than a Turtles show, I, I'd imagine. Oh, more than likely. Oh, also, that was Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Yeah, exactly. Dean, do you remember? Do you remember the musical? Like the the stage show, them on oh, stage, out of their yes. shells somewhat i was up in my uh parents attic um where we used to shoot pool years ago and i found a bunch of cassettes and one of them was turtles out of their shells like live in concert and it has like the ballad of april o'neill and everything on it <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say i don't remember any of those <laughs> i think i've seen clips buy a cassette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah send it out well that'll that'll be the next episode that is um, an- perfect example of one of those things I don't want to go back to like it's right <laughs> in my head and I will leave it there. That is just going to keep it nice in a nice little packaged bow. And I am not going to revisit thinking back on it, like, or looking at it, even just from an outside perspective, it's like, Oh man, it's like the worst. It's like selling out to a degree, like just how, how licensed the, the property became and, uh, at the time, obviously, we don't care about any of that shit as far as like, oh, it's it's gotten stale. Turtles has gotten stale. No, we were eating it up at the time. Yeah, that was when it was in its prime. Yeah. But it's just ridiculous to think how many boundaries it crossed and how many licensing deals they made. I mean, it's still it's still they reinvented every couple of years now. 
I'm not as interested, but it was one, that's one of my one of my pie in the sky dreams to like make my own turtles movie. You want the turtles to grow up with you, but they don't. They they just keep making them for children, and that's okay because I have my turtles. I can still watch them. Yeah, like I know a lot of people will complain about the new stuff getting made, like not even for turtles, but just in general. But it took me a while to kind of really settle into it's new stuff. But even if I'm not a fan of it, I still have the stuff that I do like. So it's like I still have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one and two and occasionally the third one. I don't have to necessarily love all of these other like the CGI ones or all this other stuff that they ended up doing. Which I know, Nick, you were enjoyed a little bit more than I did, right? What CGI one? The the movie or the the show? The movie ones. Oh, I like. Well, there's only one. Oh, you mean the Michael Bay ones? Yeah. Oh, the first one was garbage. The second one was decent. If you think of it as um, the old school cartoon. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I've never actually seen the second one, but I guess it makes more sense in line with like the old cartoon style. It really felt like the cartoon mixed with the f- second turtle movie um secret of the use it was still not up to people's expectations but it had that feel to it that i felt if people were a little more accepting about it it would have done better it was just kind of too little too late because they recasted shredder they practically retconned a good portion of the first movie in order to you know kind of appease the fans and then it's just if you just sit there and you know watch it and go along for the ride i thought it was good there's so many different reincarnations and stuff too like comic book movies get a pass on it a lot because it's just a new writer comes along they're gonna shake up the story just to do something new and but when it comes to movies you can't keep remaking the same thing over and over again you know i never understood that yeah which is one of the things that usually eventually gets on my nerves with <laughs> comics that you end up hitting a stretch that it's like, okay, so this is good writer. They're doing a good job with this stuff. Everything's solid. And then like 12 issues later, all of a sudden they bring on a new team and decide, yeah, we're scrapping all that. It's going to be something new now. Having to deal with that constantly, like growing up reading comic books, it makes it easier watching movies now of, yeah, I don't like this, but it's just considered like a, an Elseworlds tale of like, okay, we Suicide Squad movie comes out or whatever it is. Um, And even though like the characters aren't the way that I like them from the different books they're in. Sure. It's just a different writer's take on things. So I guess I can suffer through a little bit more, but yeah, like it's a little bit different coming from that and then doing movies where it's this entirely exists as a movie property and then we're going to remake this like four times. Well, Spider-Man's the exception, though, because they're only you're only allowed to remake something once every like 20 years. And they did it four times in 10. Yeah, that one's getting a little ridiculous with that, which is why I'm so glad in. Um, the newer stuff, it's like just we don't need to see every single movie, Uncle Ben dying. That's how I felt with Joker. Like it was really screwed up to start laughing at the end of the movie, but it was just more of like that incredulous laugh of like, really? Like, we know this is a Batman movie. Do we have to see his parents die in every single movie? Spoiler alert. I haven't seen the Joker yet. Oh, you've had enough time. (laughs) Have you seen Taxi Driver? (laughs) Yes, I have. Have you seen King of Comedy? No, that's a Robert De Niro movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not seen that. Watch King of Comedy, 
and then watch any Batman property, and you've pretty much seen Joker. <laughs> Noted. It, at first watching it, I was not a fan. It annoyed me greatly. Thinking back on Is it, it now, because it was called Joker? Like if it was Joaquin Phoenix as a deranged comedian who becomes a yeah, I would appreciate that leader. More. Yeah, you would have just if it wasn't Joker related. Yeah, which was the same. Well, then again, like I still have the unpopular opinion of I didn't like The Dark Knight. Like it was okay. Ooh, but Heath Ledger's Joker is not what I think of when I think of Joker. It's certainly a version of Joker. It's some writer's version of Joker. It's just not the one like my Joker will always be Mark Hamill from the animated series Joker. Yeah, I think that's people would agree that is the greatest performance of the character like as imagined. Yeah, Um, I think in Christopher Nolan's universe that Joker, we would agree probably would not have worked. And I I, uh, I really liked what Heath Ledger did. Like over time, it grew on me, and now like I can respect it. It's still not my favorite, but like I mean, it. I think it's a great movie. It has a lot of weird plot inconsistencies and easy. Look like a guy with a plan. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest plot Um, hole line ever. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, I I, if you don't think about those things too closely, I think it's uh, my favorite. Well, Batman Begins is pretty good. Yeah, I like um, it's hard as a toss up between the first two. I mean, I'm one of those weird people that like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, you are weird. It's really weird. But it's it's not because it's a good movie. It's just because it's the only one ever where it's like Batman and Selena, uh, Selena Kyle actually end up together. <laughs> oh, yeah. It shouldn't okay. be Chase Meridian. It shouldn't be Vicky Vale. It shouldn't be Talia Al Ghul. It should be Selena Kyle. Well, blame Tim Burton for that one. Because of Batman begin, uh, no, Bat- not returns. Batman returns. That screwed up everything afterward. Batman begins to return. It was the prequel. <laughs> it's not here yet. I'm coming. One thing I wanted to ask. I think Tim, you were kind of had these in your notes. This is all organic and off the cuff. We don't do notes. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, yeah, no notes. <laughs> I guess what I wanted to bring up and maybe I'll just ask you to start it off, Tim, is like what movies shaped you like into the the personality, the sense of humor, the create the creative mind that you have today? Like what were those moments, those properties, that singular movie that that really impacted you growing up? I when I was young. My parents had a VHS recording of Stephen King's Silver Bullet and Predator. And I wasn't watched closely and I viewed those movies often. Um, And I think that (laughs) gave me like an appreciation for like practical effects stuff. Um, But it was like between that and like there was a Disney Channel movie called Mr. Boogity with Richard Macer. Um, that was it. Was it was a kid movie? <laughs> you laughing at Mister Boogity? Well, it's just like Boogity. You're making the, this like concoction of like Powerpuff Girls style of like what makes Tim Predator, Silver Bullet, Boogity Boogity, Boogity Boogity. But like the Mister Boogity was the first one that 
it was a kid's movie, but it had like a some scary stuff in it. Terrified me as a kid. And then it was, okay, well, the next day I would sit down and I would watch it again and it would terrify me. And the next day I would sit down and watch it again and I would keep watching it until eventually like I would kind of get over that and I would see like, okay, so like I, I kind of understand this movie now. I'm fine with it. And then I would move on to the other ones because it was always like my brother was a huge horror fan and he was a huge fan of bad horror. Um, so it was a lot of stuff he would watch and then I would want to be a part of it. So I would have to kind of desensitize myself. So like those were the three movies I kind of started off on. Um, and then my parents threw the whole wrench in it because um, we loved Army of Darkness with uh, Bruce Campbell, which was like Evil Dead 3. Um, and it was it's a horror comedy. So it's funny. It's lighthearted. And then uh, my parents decided they found a copy of The Evil Dead on VHS and figured, oh, we'd love the third one. I'll buy the first one and we'll all sit down for family movie night and watch it. Whoopsie. And the first <laughs> one is not the third one. Not and not the second one either. The second one's kind of a transition yeah. from one to three as far as tone. Yeah. So the having to sit through that movie kind of knocked me back years through my boogity conditioning. Um, and I had to kind of get back to where I was. But I mean, that's kind of stuff like that. I remember growing up on as far as the ones that I wore the VHS type um, out on. I mean, other than turning to and Sterles, but what kid didn't. I just want to make a note that Mr. Boogity should become the subject of its own episode in the future. Oh my God. It's on Disney plus. You guys would love it. Well, you guys <laughs> would watch it. <laughs> if you had to. I'm sure we would find something to love about it. I mean, it has David Faustino, has uh, Christy Swanson. Before, before Married with Children? Uh, yes. Has uh, Mimi okay. Rogers, Richard Mazur, John that Aston. His, that was his audition for Married with, for, uh, I almost said <laughs> Ted the Bundy. Boy. What's his name? His name's not Ted Bundy on the show, is it? <laughs> Ow. Ow. No, but David Faustino's character. Oh. Bud? Bud Bundy, that's it. Not Ted Bundy. <laughs> Wow, that series finale <laughs> when they find his room. <laughs> uh, I mean, what what stuff did you guys kind of grow up on that introduced you to all of it? I mean, I figured Jurassic Park and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of melded you into the men you are today. Um, Invader Zim is a good portion of my humor. Um, let's see. I was a goth in high school. So, you know, the crow, queen of the damned. Ooh, those are good, though. No, they're not. They hold up. No, <laughs> actually, I haven't watched them in a long time. Queen of the Damned is bad, but I still love the soundtrack. The Crow is fucking terrible. I can't watch is it, it to this day. I thought that was revered, kind of, but maybe I'm wrong. Honestly, it's a cult classic at this point. Like, I wouldn't. Right. I couldn't watch Not it as today. a masterpiece, but as a something that's still enjoyed by a niche. One of those I'll put on my shelf. I'll enjoy it. Think of the memories, but I will not watch it again. I feel like it's one of those movies that you turn on late at night and it's better. Mm. Nope. Like The Crow, I can't just flick on during the day. I would have to wait until it's like 11, like sitting to watch uh, The Fog or watching like Dark City or something. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't. Ambiance is key for those kind of things. I mean, when I growing up, yes, Jurassic Park, huge impact. Um, when I thought back, once I realized I wanted to get into the film industry or in some capacity, I thought back to when I played with 
Jurassic Park toys and probably just maybe in general, any toys when I was in the action figure phase, I would use my eye like a camera. I don't know if you guys did this, but um, I would hold the, the figures like right up to my face, like it, to my eye, like it's a close up. And like, you know, I'd be doing the voices and simulating scenes and things. And like, just thinking back, like, oh, I've all, I think I've always been want, wanted to be in that world. And I know that movie had a big impact at least, as far as my creative direction in life. I mean, I never held it up to my eye. I shot everything <laughs> with, a, with a wide lens as a kid. Dean, as a child, you'll appreciate this. I laid out a strip of tape going all around several rooms to reenact that like strip of like road that the Jeeps or the, the trucks go on from the first movie. Right. And I pretty much reenacted like that whole T-Rex breakout scene with my grandma. I fucking loved it. I know. Yes. Yeah. Those those toys were I, that was prime. I mean, Ninja Turtles were my first love. But when I got to that age where you could really your imagination, you can remember what you were imagining. And you just had more of an understanding of of what you were seeing on the screen and, and could recreate it and make new scenes, too. It was just great. And as far as comedy, I, I don't think I saw this in the theater, but I could at one point, no joke, reenact the entirety of Ace Ventura Pet Detective by myself <laughs> and would often do so for my older sisters. And do they like, got a kick. <laughs> 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 that'll be that'll be one. We could do that as an episode. Yeah, I'll do one man show. Jim Carrey, that 1994 Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. Like, holy shit. He was just, I guess it's Jim Carrey himself was a huge shaping of me at that age. And that would have been 94. That I would have been uh, eight years old at the time. So I was definitely way too young to be watching Ace Ventura. But, oh, sure. Uh, you know, like that scene where he, he, he gets the little dog and he brings it back to the girl and then he just kind of grabs the ceiling. I never understood. I, I didn't know what was going on at the time. I Neither had no I. idea. I just thought she was grabbing his legs and throwing him over. <laughs> and the whole like your gun is digging into my hip. Like the whole like... Even the, the big reveal at the end. I never understood why the theater reacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turns around. You see, like, it's tucked back. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, does she have lumps on her Did butt? Did she poop like, herself? <laughs> I, I really thought she just pooped herself. I felt bad. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I understood the whole, like, she's a man. But I was like, what is... What is... I didn't understand that it was tucked. And that's what we were seeing when he turned around. I had never seen that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> for years everybody would like quote it and i would just have to be like yeah that's one of our favorites and i didn't see it until i worked at blockbuster in college or like after college and um it got turned on like late one night when pretty much everybody was kind of gone it was just nobody cares anymore so everybody just turns on movies um and that was the first time i sat down and watched ace ventura and uh the 90s held up <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, for how much of a cartoon character he is, there are some genuinely like really f funny written scripted moments, too. Yeah. I mean, the, he just obviously elevates it with his insane character. But although I think my favorite quotes are from the second one. 
Yeah, I mean, I love that people look down. I, well, just look at it as it's not as good as the first, but I guess I would disagree. It's just more of the same, I would say, and it's just as good. It had the same problem that um, the Turtles 2 and even Ghostbusters 2 had, and that a lot of kids had exposure to the first one and parents wanted it toned down so that their kids can enjoy it more. Yeah. I definitely saw the second one in a theater. I remember my my friend's mom took us both to see the sequel. I don't think I got around to seeing the first one in the theater. Yeah, I remember I did. And um, I remember watching the cartoon, too. And that really. Oh, yeah. oh wow. I forgot and about the Dumb that. and Dumber cartoon. Yeah, both those got turned into cartoons. And the mask. Yeah. Wow. Jim Carrey is a cartoon character. Who would have thought? He already is. I think I was a freshman in high school when I discovered Monty Python. Uh, that's something my dad, I think, probably knew about. But he didn't have like tapes of any of their the show or the movies or anything. I don't really recall how I discovered. It. I think my friend maybe suggested it, but I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was my first exposure to like that British comedy, and obviously it's from the seventies too. But that killed me, and I think that also had a big part in shaping my humor because I was still at that crucial just out of puberty just still growing up and it, that that still kills me i appreciate parts of that more now but growing up like my parents were not monty python fans so like they raised us on like the marx brothers and what which is great anyway which is great i mean I'm, I'm happier they raised me as marx brothers than raising me as three stooges <laughs> could have been shemp Duck Soup, one of the all-time great comedies. Horse Feathers, Night at the Opera. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, I think it took years to finally appreciate. Like, I still don't love all of Monty Python, but like Holy Grail easily, like you have to admit it's funny and quotable. Yeah, Holy Grail and Life of Brian, one-two punch. I think Life of Brian is maybe a little more, obviously it's edgier, I guess you could say, but even probably a little more mature in its, what it's satirizing and, uh, clever but i think since the holy grail was my first exposure to it it was still kind of my favorite i can't even include all of his work because honestly i've only seen a small handful of his movies but Spaceballs, growing up with mel brooks that really was my humor growing up oh yeah Spaceballs wasn't one we grew up with but like mel brooks was a staple in the house like my parents were big young frankenstein fans or um dracula dead and loving it with um, Surf Ninja's own Leslie Nielsen. Yes. But yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Didn't come to appreciate those till much later in life, like Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs. Again, I think people will look at Blazing Saddles as uh, that's the quintessential Mel Brooks. But I think Spaceballs was my first exposure to that. And I haven't, hadn't even seen Star Wars. So that whole aspect was somewhat lost on me when I first saw it, but it was still <laughs> funny. <laughs> so you thought Star Wars was just like the serious version of Spaceballs? <laughs> right. Well, they had good bones there. They probably could make a movie. <laughs> I was aware of Star Wars. I haven't seen them, so I didn't, you know, the direct spoofs. Those jokes were lost maybe, but I'd say that was my favorite too. So as far as like, so movies overall, like the stuff we grew up on, what kind of, um, kind of made us growing up. Um, what kind of stuff do you guys usually suggest to people 
if they're just kind of like looking for general suggestions or like what kind of stuff do you specifically not suggest to people because you feel it's something that it's you enjoy it but it's not anything that like somebody else would necessarily enjoy stuff from our childhood or like or just in general i mean today if somebody asked me just on the rare occasion they ask the first suggestion i'll ask have you seen speaking of comedy what we do in the shadows which is a more recent comedy from the now who's exploded Taika Waititi. And that's Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. Exactly. He's a he's a big deal now. Um, and I think I would be speaking of being exposed to British comedy, I guess the Flight of the Concords and their whole kind of take. It seems like a kind of an inspiration from British dry humor. Um, kind of goes along with Taika. I know he wasn't a, spearhead of that show but i think with jimmy and clement uh they they were partners and were created what we do in the shadows together and i think it's probably probably should be the last mockumentary like you don't need to do more after that like i think and vampire movies can they can be done too i think they were knocked out with what we do in the shadows i really enjoyed you don't want another blade? <laughs> well, oh, actually, oh, is you need to watch the show. Is Mahershala Blade? Is did that come out or is that? It didn't come out, but I think he, it got announced. I mean, it came out that he's like the that he's Blade. Yeah, I mean that could be good, but as far as recommending like a comedy, I'm like, and really any of Taika's movies, I really have enjoyed. Hunt for the Wilder People's follow up to what we do in the shadows, very different tone very funny and endearing uh and And kind of it goes along with jojo rabbit his most recent movie Uh, it's probably closer to that in tone but i yeah i think he's a great filmmaker and i'd be really excited just to see what he does over the rest of his career i take the when we used to work at blockbuster i kind of take that approach i'll kind of just gauge on their past history i don't really recommend my own personal gems because i'm kind of niche in what i like and I'll go for mass appeal over specifics because a lot of people too, like I know I haven't seen a lot of the classics, so I'll see like, well, what classics haven't they seen yet? And I'll just try to recommend those. Yeah. Which I guess is probably the better approach overall. Like I remember blockbuster used to really be the, the test from working there of people coming in and asking like, Hey, it's Friday night. What should I get? And knowing what kind of stuff I would want to watch on a Friday night and then trying to realize like, yeah, but all the stuff I'm probably going to recommend to somebody is not anything that they're going to end up enjoying. Because I think the biggest piece, too, is that like I'm a kind of out of the game at this point. I think you've seen more movies in one month than I've seen in one year. And it just feels in terms of like recent releases, like I'll watch like the AAA stuff and that's kind of even I've seen most of the Marvel movies. No, I've seen, I think I'm only missing one or two Marvel movies at this point. But like Knives Out, didn't see. La La Land, didn't see. Sonic, I did want to see Sonic, but wasn't able to go. Um, Joker, I think, was the last movie I saw in theaters. Besides, did Star Wars come out after Joker? No. December. They're both December movies, I think. Maybe November. Yeah, I think Star Wars was the last movie I saw yeah, before that was Joker. So, I mean, like you can see the gap in between. And I'm talking like like new releases. 
I don't know. Just like, I don't feel like I'm no longer in the position to recommend when, unless you haven't like, it's great for millennials and younger because I know they haven't seen any of the stuff that I've seen. And I feel like I'm the old man in like the movie where like, like I feel like I'm the guy reading the book to Ben Savage or whatever his name is in princess bride. <laughs> like that's how I feel at this point. It's not me listening. It's me t reading the book. Well, I know you guys remember, were you movie pass users at all? Well, we were, Wait for the for, for blockbuster? blockbuster. We we worked there. Oh, what like the the theater movie pass? Yeah, the unlimited. Uh, oh no! Sorry. Yes, the 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 one that just tanked and is now officially bankrupt, gone, kaput. Well, where you pay the flat fee and then see well in its in its prime, you see an unlimited number of movies for ten dollars a month, which is insane. For uh, from a business standpoint, and fantastic for a movie lover standpoint. Yeah, now every theater has their own pretty much like AMC has. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm a part of the AMC A-list yeah. and I was just bringing that up kind of a roundabout way to say that. <laughs> you shill. <laughs> if you've got an AMC, you you're lucky code. enough to have an AMC. <laughs> I don't get any re any referral points, so don't worry about that. It is, it is a fantastic service because I pay $23 a month. Uh... And you can go to their big theaters that would cost you around that much to see one movie. You can see three movies like that a week. I can see three IMAX movies a week. Not that this would ever happen in any month, but there'd be that many IMAX movies I'd want to see. 1917 um, three times. <laughs> yeah, sure. You could do that. But I guess to, to say that Nick, it's easier to be out and seeing movies. I think cause it gets me to go every month and I'm like, on one hand, it's like I don't I don't want to just give them twenty three bucks and not see a movie. I could just go see two movies and it's and it's worth it. And it just keeps me out of the theater. Yeah, I miss going, um, but like it's, it's expensive. Like I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you could have that service where it's twenty three bucks a month, then you you could see three movies. You could see two, and you it would pay for itself. Yeah, really? That's why we end up only going to like the triple A stuff that we know we're gonna like because I don't done with the days of like oh let's go see this how was it it sucked how much did you spend well it was date night so you figure like 23 bucks for tickets alone and then you have concessions and that's another like 20 to 30 that's expensive yeah no yeah absolutely right and that's again another benefit it's like oh bad boys for life um i wouldn't normally see this but because i've got i can see 12 movies this month like yeah i'll go see it yeah, I've been looking into it recently and I've really wanted to do it because it does seem like an amazing price for it. Um, the issue being like. I alternate weekends like spending time in Boston, so in Boston, the closest theater is an AMC theater, but then down here back at the house, the closest theater is a showcase theater, so it's do I get one and then have to try to cram all my movies into like two weeks or do I get AMC and then cram all my movies up there in two weeks? I feel like it would be easier once everything's kind of settled into one location and then being able to just go to one theater, uh, especially I think around January, they ended up having it where if you get it for the next year or you like sign up new for the next year, they had it like 50% off until February. So you can sign up and get it for like, three movies a week for $13 a month. Yeah, that's nice. Which is bonkers. They've been, they've increased once. I think when I started, I had the 1999 deal. It's gone up to 23, which still is obviously 
if you're using it, it's there's no comparison. It's cheaper. On one hand, you might look at it like, well, it's forcing me to go to the movies, but it's like that's I mean, I love going to the movies and it's more of an excuse to be able to go and see everything in a, an extremely reduced price. I don't know how long they'll be able to hold out. I mean, obviously, they were an established business. MoviePass was banking on <laughs> some crazy data selling model and they never had a a really great business model. And obviously, that's why they're gone. But it is, it, I have to thank them for inspiring AMC to do this. And I'll ride this out as long as this lasts, too. We'll see. Yeah, I know I'll probably end up signing up eventually for it. Um because also, like, even aside from that, when the big movies come out, I do a lot of stuff at like um, for anybody in the mass area. They have the Brattle Theater and the Coolidge Corner Theater in uh, the Boston area over in like Harvard Square and whatnot that are more independent. Um, so like last night, I saw Color Out of Space with Nick Cage, it's the new Richard Stanley one. Um, we're like, that's probably never going to pop up in a amc or a showcase theater to be able to see from there i'm assuming um so it's not something i would be able to see unless i go out of my way to something more like selective um but still i feel like the other prices are worth it also you you might like colorado space team that's what that was i was gonna <laughs> ask you gotta give uh, a non-spoiler uh review a non-spoiler a review is um i'm glad i saw it I will probably buy it. I will probably not watch it again unless it's like a very long time. Like, did you see Mandy? Yeah. Yeah, that was real interesting. Like, it's much more structured than Mandy, but it has that kind of like ethereal, weird kind of late night spaciness to it. Um, and then if you take that and throw it together with um, the thing. <laughs> mm, well, I would imagine most of us love the thing. Who doesn't love the thing? So that's interesting. That's peaking. I, you know, color. I don't know anything about Colorado out of space, so I'll I probably saw try. To, I'll probably try don't. to keep it that. <laughs> <laughs> like I I'll left probably the try theater. to go into it like that. The first thing I did was send the meme. You ever see the comic when they're doing like the hangman thing? And then the little guy with guys is like, well, fellas, I got to say that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> that's the only thing that I can think of that summed up the movie. Um, fucked up shit in like, am I on acid or like midsummer hereditary fucked up shit? Um, I'd say closer to that kind of stuff with if done by like uh the thing era robotine special effects things gotcha well i mean hereditary really it's like i hereditary oh it was a great movie like i don't ever want to see that movie again like i it just yeah horror isn't my first choice i'll see horror movies if i hear that they're good or if it seems different than, you know, run of the mill stuff, which that one got a lot of praise and uh, sat down to watch it. Yeah, that stuck with me. It's 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 maybe a hardcore horror person as yourself might say it was par for the course or you've seen much worse. But I don't know, just something about the way it was done and the editing. Uh, yeah. 
of the of the elements and it was just like yeah that like, it was hard to sleep for a couple of nights yeah like overall that. granted i've seen worse but it still doesn't diminish like it does a good job building dread throughout that movie the whole aesthetic just like the the sound usage um just kind of everything really builds until it has that crazy finish um like if you liked hereditary you might end up liking something like house of the devil um i think that was ty west t west uh with jacqueline donahue it's another one that it's kind of a a boilerplate the whole time it's just kind of the fuses going until the last 20 minutes when it blows up yeah sometimes i'll be showering and then i just close my eyes and i see a maggoty decapitated child's head and i'm like i didn't need to see that again how long has this been happening <laughs> uh hmm, it's probably been about a year since i saw hereditary <laughs> yeah then you, you might not want to see color out of space <laughs> uh yeah you can but I'm see looking, uh, oh good i don't know i was just gonna say looking forward to more nicholas cage stuff i know he's either He's either leaving Las Vegas caliber or he's uh, Seasons of the Witch caliber. You know, it's there's no in between. Yeah, this one, he he starts to go crazy. So it's a partially normal Nicolas Cage and then partially like uncaged Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> and then he does this weird thing where whenever he starts going on a rant, he does like a weird voice to it that sounds like he's doing a Trump impression. That kind of threw me because the whole time I'm sitting there and I lean over and I'm like, is he doing a Trump thing? <laughs> That's yeah. I, I'll, I'll look forward to watching it. Yeah. I'll watch and anything he does. It's just you, you never know what you're going to get at this point. Yeah. And I mean, like if that one ends up being a little rough, um, another recent one that you might end up liking is have you heard VFW? It's um. I want to say yes, but yeah, it's like all an it's an older crowd of um, like Stephen Lang, um, Fred Williamson, uh, David Patrick Kelly, William Sadler. Well, George no, Wendt. I have not heard of this, but it's all of these old soldiers at a, a VFW, like a um, like the bar that they opened and whatnot. And then there's it's like in a, a weird alternate future where this this like mega drug that goes around that turns everybody into like uh not zombies they're just kind of like raving madmen uh like ghosts of mars style and they uh somebody ends up stealing all their drugs they end up hiding out at the place so it turns into like an assault on precinct 13 of all of them trying to get in and them trying to hold down the fort i mean with that kind of cast like old gruff dudes sounds yeah it, it sounds felt like a fun extremely movie. 80s i think that yeah, might just, be right up your alley i pulled up the uh trailer it looks like they shot on film or it was made to look like film. It's pretty grainy. They shot it on digital, played it on a TV, and then recorded the TV on film. What is that guy's name from Cheers? I forget his George name. Went. George Went. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> yeah, this looks insane. So, yeah, I mean, as far as like, so the, the stuff that you guys have all uh, kind of seen recently then, I don't know if anybody's even looking forward to anything upcoming. Um, it seems like it's fewer and farther between these days. Um, doesn't mean that there's not good stuff coming out. It's just like we were talking on the, the pre episode last week when we were just kind of hashing out details and whatnot of this whole plan. 
Um, we were talking about 1999 and then just how it's like a laundry list of just amazing movies that came out of that year. If I were to put it up against like 2019 or 2018, it maybe will have like four movies that I would consider something like that will last a long time, maybe less than four. But then you look at like 1999 and stuff that, oh, yeah, like this is just it goes into like the top 500 list of all time. But 99 was an insane powerhouse. I think there's probably some uh, years like that in recent memory. And I think age looking at it uh, in hindsight, it's like, whoa, that was a stacked year. I bet we've got we'll have some of those that we just don't quit. We're not quite thinking about it or realizing it. We look back. And realize, oh, all those movies came out in 2018, 2016. I'm still bitter about um, the Oscars. Annie Hall. Annie Hall. <laughs> yeah. I still have never seen Annie Hall. And it's not like out of protest. It's just. Oh, at this point now, it is for me. <laughs> that, I think, was <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's first movie. That's nice. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, yes. no. I think it was uh, Death Wish was his first movie. But Annie Hall, I think, was like his second. It's, when it's been a while since I saw Annie Hall. Hair. It's a great uh, meta comedy. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's definitely so you worth think, your time. So you think it's better than Star Wars? Do I think Annie Hall's better than Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, you do? Well, okay. I'm... What is it, Dean? It's hard for me to say because when I saw Star Wars, I was again, I was like in my 20s when I sat down and like, I'm going to watch Star Wars finally. Yeah. And I think there's definitely something lost when you haven't don't see that as a kid or at the time when it was considered revolutionary and it's technical. Yeah. Like aspect. To kind of circle back on the recommendations thing. I actually don't recommend star Wars to people unless they've um, seen it as a child. I, I can't recommend it to people only because when I was a kid, even from the seventies, that was some of the best special effects that you could see. And then just last year we had Endgame came out and it had like so many things in it that like star Wars doesn't even hold a candle to that. I can't, I can't compete with that. Like, yeah, Alec Guinness did a great job in the movie, but I mean, he's no, he's no freaking um, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, not even. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, he was yeah, in. A, he was in a Marvel movie. Why not? We don't want to talk about that one. I think I never saw. Oh, he was in Ghost two. Rider. I was actually thinking of the Spider-Man movie. Oh yes. Yeah, I figured he probably wanted to be in at least one good Marvel movie. I have to see Annie Hall best Star Wars, but that's just because of my warped. Perspective. Well, I, I don't I don't see Woody Allen selling any property for four billion dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I mean, box office is not a sign of quality. Kids aren't still going to school with Annie Hall lunchboxes. <laughs> Mine will. When I have a kid, I'm going to force them to Annie Wait. Hall, Manhattan, Casablanca lunchboxes. If, if I type in Star Wars on YouTube, I bet I'll get more results than Annie Hall. <laughs> I don't see Annie Hall fan films. Well, there's no, there, well, there shouldn't be. Or Annie Listen, Hall lightsaber not, battles. This doesn't take anything away from what Star Wars. I think if you asked many people, they'd say, would you have rather made Star Wars or Annie Hall? I think even I would say Star Wars. Um, I would have rather made Star Wars than Annie Hall. 
Yeah, it was a political thing. George gave the whole academy like the finger basically leading up to that day. So I'm not surprised it lost. Like, I know at some point I'll sit down and I'll watch Annie Hall and I'll probably enjoy it just because I've enjoyed his other work. Not all of it, but most of it. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he was on like making a movie a year. It's like there's, oh, yeah. there's a shitload of... That's why I said like, I've not all seen of them. the classics. Because at some point it takes a dip in quality. Right. Ants. You were like, Midnight in Paris is really good. And I'm like, well, I still haven't seen it. I, maybe I never will. Well, yeah, that one got like a big release and whatnot. And then I'm seeing other ones that like Wonder Wheel hit Amazon, which I'm assuming I think was made directly for Amazon. But I was watching the trailer and it looks like if you were to tell me Woody Allen, like if you didn't tell me Woody Allen shot it, I would think that it was like an independent, like an amateur film. It still has a good cast, still looks like it might be interesting. It just is like shot very weirdly and oddly independent. So I don't know if it's just he threw that one in because it's directly for Amazon or if it's just like they can't all be bangers. Yeah, probably that. I don't know why he just doesn't. He's just what to stop. I mean, he's what? He's 80. Gotta like, pay those just bills. Give it a rest. <laughs> Can't retire on that Annie Hall money. I don't know who he just because of who he is. People just keep giving him money, I guess. Like, sure, you're Woody Allen, but I don't they yeah. can't make any money on that. I mean, it's it's probably a case of like he just loves making movies. He so could be just, taking, you know, the Harrison Ford approach and just he keeps getting paid. <laughs> right. Yeah, Call of the Wild is set to lose fifty million dollars, I saw at the box office. So, yeah, he's just uh, it's like that. Musical like, nobody. No, seriously. Nobody is asking. I'm going to make a movie <laughs> with a dog. <laughs> a and I'm going to get mad. CGI dog. And I'm going to get mad anytime someone compares myself to Chewbacca because I'm walking around with a furry companion. <laughs> like, all right, man, you're setting yourself up for that. So, yeah, I mean, I, we've been talking about um, kind of movies, uh, tangents of movies, tangents of shows. Um, I hope somewhere in the past, uh, almost 90 minutes, you guys kind of were able to get some idea of, um, not only kind of what got us into watching things or kind of where we came from, kind of our sensibilities with the kind of stuff we like in terms of movies and shows. Um, I know originally we're talking, uh, things like games as well. Eventually we'll kind of seek into that depending on, uh, what topics we might eventually come up. I know there's a couple things we've been bouncing around in terms of movies wise, um, so I know Surf Ninjas will probably end up being the the first thing, um, not necessarily because it's the the best one on our list, um, but mainly because it's something near and dear to some of our hearts from when we were kids. And also it's something that I don't really see popping up as far as discussions on a lot of other podcasts or um, other items there. So. We're going to be kind of coming into this. We're shooting for probably um, once a month, whenever this gets released, and then we'll kind of go from there on any of these. So you'll get an introduction to some of the movies. We'll kind of talk a little bit more. We'll be able to open some of those discussions on things we're going to be doing. Uh, but if anybody wants to reach us, we'll eventually have some way to do that. Um, otherwise, until then, just write it on a postcard, put it in your mailbox, and just we'll find it. So. Again, this is Tim and...
Dean over on <laughs> the west coast. Start <laughs> you want to start that again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe you just introduce yourself. And no, then... there's don't cut that. There's just a delay because he's so far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, signing off. Uh, this is Tim, and we have over on the west coast, Dean. Dean. And boomerang back to the east coast with Nick. Okay. Thank you for having This was Ben, episode one of Screen Refresh, and this is us signing off. So we could all stop recording now, right?